Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, and today I've got a lovely young lady. Her name is Elizabeth Karina. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Elizabeth is a dating expert and love coach, and she's actually a new guest to the podcast today. And she's got a really great topic for us to discuss around how we can end up sometimes sabotaging our relationships without even realizing that that's what we're doing. So Karina, you did say that you got a personal experience around this topic and theme. So would you be happy to share that with our guests today? I mean, our audience, I should say today. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I really came to this work because of my own struggles with just trying to like find a partner and have a relationship that really worked for me and was really right for me. And so, you know, in my early twenties, I just really had no idea what I was doing with love. And I was like falling in love with these guys who then ended up being not really ready for commitment. And you might call them like unavailable guys. And um, then I would end up like being like, okay, well, I guess I can't get the one that I want. So then I'll just go with this guy who clearly like really loves me and that'll be safe. And I kind of ping-ponged between (laughs) those two things until I started to get just like really curious. I think it was like, you know, the the last like heartbreak that I had in my later 20s. And I was just like, okay, like there's definitely a pattern here. (laughs) Like it can't just be that all these guys just suck and then it's just bad luck. (laughs) So I started to be like, you know, maybe maybe it's something that like, I'm not getting and like, there's something about me, I think I'm like the common denominator. (laughs) So I started to just look into like, what the heck is going on? I like I went to therapy, I was like, I think I've got some kind of a pattern. I don't know what it is. Like, (laughs) Please help me like figure it out. And I just started looking into I I found coaches (laughs) for the first time and took some programs and started to piece all the things together that had been in the way and and it turned out that the biggest thing was like childhood stuff that I had thought didn't impact me (laughs) my dad had died when I was five and my mom had remarried I'd like grown up with my stepdad and so I'd been like oh no like that didn't really affect me like I'm totally fine and when I started to to realize this pattern with like I just couldn't get love that I wanted I was always falling for the guy who wasn't gonna love me back I I started doing a little bit of um, like more subconscious work and (laughs) starting to dig into like what's behind this pattern and found out that um, it was a pattern with thinking that the guy that I really wanted was not going to want me. And subconsciously I was going out there like looking for a guy who would basically just replay this pattern, which was like as a five-year-old, like the abandonment of my dad. (laughs) So it was like a lot deeper than what you would think. Yeah, um, very brave of you as well, Elizabeth, to recognize, you know, that at some point, anyway, that you were 
responsible for the results she was getting and not sort of finger pointing and just saying, you know, it's them, it's them, it's them, you know, it, you know, and all men are like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a large part of the work was, was to just start to take that, that personal responsibility for what was showing up in my life. And actually that was the most freeing thing as well, because then it meant, well, actually like I have so much more control over this too. This means that I'm not just like a, a victim to the, the next thing that happens to me with a guy, but like, I can look at like, Oh, like, how am I like playing a role in this? Um, so it was actually extremely empowering. <laughs> so let me just dig down a little bit for the benefit of the audience around what you think were your thoughts or behaviors that contributed to you getting those um, guys initially that you weren't wanting <laughs> in relationships or that were ending up heartbreaking you in the end? Um, yeah, so for me, it was this pattern of one or the other. And it was all kind of at the subconscious level, but it had to do with really like what I was identifying as love. <laughs> and so to me, it, love was like this, this like anxiety almost. Like if I was feeling this anxiousness around a guy and just like really worried if he was going to message me back. And, you know, if I started to get like all wrapped up in that, I'd be like, oh, I like, I really like this guy. Like, and this is like what it's supposed to feel like when you're falling in love is this major fear that he's just going to disappear. <laughs> And so if I wasn't feeling that, I just wasn't interested in the guy. I'd be like, oh no, there's no chemistry. There's no spark here. Um, and so I think it was like two pieces. It was like that, what I was like kind of looking for when I was going out in terms of what I wanted to feel with the guy. And also then I would be showing up in, in just like not really a secure place either. So I would then end up being more needy and, and more like there would just be things that would be coming out where I'm like trying to cling on to him in some way. And of course that's not attractive either. So I would be choosing these guys and then like playing out the behaviors that weren't even going to be helpful anyways. <laughs> so it's like both things. Yeah. And I think a lot of women can probably relate to, to doing that at some point in their lives, you know, and, and we can actually see that behavior from men too, can't we? In our relationships where they come across as being quite needy or desperate or, obsessed with you and and that if you're on the receiving end of that can feel quite oh my gosh you know if you're not really into them it can make you want to run away from that relationship or get out of it as soon as possible because it doesn't feel comfortable and so then you understand if you've displayed those behaviors yourself in a relationship why you know uh, it, for the guy it can feel like something they don't want either yeah yeah and so much of it is it's like that all can be resolved with with doing the really deep like healing work around why do I not feel worthy of, of someone's love and why do I not feel good enough and like why do I not think he would just want me in his life and why why do why am I trying to fill this this gap within me and instead of coming from a, a totally different place which is just this like already fullness this already so worthy so good enough um it's a totally different place to be coming from yeah I certainly you know <laughs> resonate very much with that and having been through that sort of type of behavior in my previous relationships of you know probably going back a, a few decades ago now but <laughs> certainly you know uh, I can yeah. remember being that needy desperate person that was feeling very unworthy and un unloved and 
then having to recognize and like you say heal that and understand that I was contributing to not getting the results I wanted in terms of um, a healthy relationship at that moment in time so what what did you actually have to do then in terms of any um, I suppose reprogramming for want of a better word or, or um, recognition around identifying that yeah I've been displaying these behaviors I've been having these thoughts how did you change that um so it was a lot of just like healing work that I did um it started with with doing the work around I guess you could say like my inner child but that five-year-old girl who had just felt abandoned by her father and it was all subconscious it wasn't something that I realized that I had been carrying around when I was like meeting guys and I had before finding that work, I had like done all the work around like, oh, like, what do guys want? And like how to communicate in this way that would attract him and like all of that kind of stuff. And of course it, it didn't really work because it wasn't coming from just like confidence that I already had or like feeling enough that I already had. Um, so when I started to do that work, things just started to like really click. So really just healing that, that, that five-year-old girl who had lost her dad. And then doing a lot, a lot of like work around just like self-love and self-acceptance. That was a huge piece and super healing, not just in my experience with men, but actually rippled out into like everywhere in my life where I had, you know, I was like the straight A student. I was always like, it would have seemed like, oh, like she's got everything together. And then inside there would be these parts, like just really not feeling good enough and not feeling like I really belong in some ways. And that had always been there. And so when I started to do that work, that's the, the really deep like reprogramming work around just like how I had my relationship with myself and like how I saw myself and how I talked to myself. And that was such a huge piece. Um, and then the other piece was starting to really just question the stories that I was telling myself about, oh, he did this, this means this. Cause I had these automatic things I would be jumping to. He didn't text right away he's not interested. <laughs> and so starting to untangle just the stories that I had going on too, about what things meant. Cause I had, I would always jump to these certain scenarios and it didn't actually have to mean that. So that was the other piece as well. Yeah. That's an interesting one that you mentioned about, you know, the text situation, because as well as that, you know, um, I think a lot of people tend to think, um, you know, let's talk in the context of um, opposite sex type relationships you know if, if you're a woman that's mm -hmm. attracted to men and vice versa that um, you know the way you speak to men and the, what you understand about men is the same as what you, you you understand about women and the way you speak to women and that's not the case because obviously men are very different in the way they think the way they behave uh, and the way they act so you know certainly um, I think sometimes you know we can have conversations with other women thinking that and, and know that that will be received great but probably have the same conversation with a man and it'd be received completely differently because they're a man you know and we don't understand that they are receiving that information totally different just purely because they are different <laughs> their brains are yeah. different their behaviors are different uh you know i keep saying this but men are not hairy women <laughs> The yes, I say that too. <laughs> and and you know, sometimes it isn't healthy for us to um, think that men understand things in the same way as as women do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
And it, it, that was, I feel like the two things were combined to me, like me not feeling good enough. And then also how I was interpreting like things that men were doing. And, you know, I grew up with two brothers. So like, I was like, I have a pretty good understanding. And um, there was, there was a lot more to learn, you know, when, when I, when we're carrying, when I was carrying this, this thought that like, also like, oh, maybe he's not really that interested in me or like, I'm, you know, like he's going to disappear or whatever it was, then I'm looking there for like the evidence that that would be true. And so the, the ways that I'm interpreting everything that he's doing and like, oh, how, how should I respond or not respond is just totally different. Um, but yeah, you know, one of the biggest things my clients bring to me is the stuff around texting and like communication. And it's always just so liberating for them to start to understand, oh, like he communicates for totally different reason than I do and Mm -hmm. when he's going to respond and why he's going to respond. And even like the type of response I'm going to get, it may not be what I expect because he's actually not like my girlfriend, right? Like exactly. he's got a whole different you know. mind around that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You, you, you're, I think most women will notice it now if they become more consciously aware that men usually respond in very short sentences, yeah. don't they? Whereas women, we tend to sort of have a whole, you know, couple of lines at least <laughs> of each conversation of text. Whereas a man will just probably respond yes, no, or you know, or, or the very short response normally because they just want, you know, they just that's how they're wired. That's that they just want to sort of yeah. get to the point very quickly. And sometimes we can take offence at that yeah. because we expect a big more, you know, a girly type response where there's a bit more information and context around it. Yep, one of my favorite things to tell my clients is that when I started dating my fiance. Um, you know, we, we met at a dance workshop. He asked me to lunch afterwards. We go to lunch. We had a good time. He asked me right after that lunch. Okay. Can I take you out to dinner this weekend? So I'm like, okay, yeah. So we exchanged numbers and then he never texted me that whole week. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, he's probably like not interested. Like maybe this isn't going to happen. And so it's like the day of the date and I, he had not confirmed with me like nothing. And I was expecting oh he's gonna be like texting me this is how he's gonna like make sure that I'm like still like building the rapport and the connection you know and he didn't do any of that so it's like the day of the date and he hasn't texted and so I've been practicing not making things mean like bad things you know so I was like you know what like I can just text him and ask him are we still on and it like I don't have to be mad about it like I can just be like hey are we still on it doesn't have to mean anything um and so I did. And he's like, yeah, of course. Like, mm. <laughs> like we made plans. Like, of course, we're, we're going on this date. Um, and so like with him, I had to like retrain my whole brain around what it would mean if a guy did or didn't text because he is not a texter. He, he'd rather have a phone call. And he will if like he wants to communicate something, you know, we're making plans. Like that is what he would do. I, I don't think he started really texting me quite a bit till we were like several months into dating. Um, and so like when my clients come to me and they're like, well, you know, he's like not texting a lot. I'm like, it doesn't necessarily mean he's not interested. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, you know, pull those things apart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we do sort of, I suppose, default as women because we, we're usually the ones that, um, you know, um, I suppose are, are more guilty and more invested at the start of a relationship, aren't we? We are mm-hmm. wanting to actually move things along quite often faster than a man is ready for 
And I think that can be sometimes an issue and a problem for men and can frighten them off sometimes, uh, as well as, you know, be an issue and a, a problem for women who don't realise that that can be a problem for men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was just, he was just gonna, like, I'm not overly committed right now. Like, I like you, we're gonna go on these dates, but it, you know, totally different experience to be with someone who was just like so centered in himself <laughs> that he wasn't like chasing really it was just like yeah I like I really like you <laughs> and it I was wanting all of the, the excitement of like oh he's texting me all the time and you know mm. very different experience <laughs> and it's good that you, by then you know you'd you did you'd learned I suppose and become more aware of the idea of not being attached to him not texting mm -hmm. you know it might have been difficult and might have been challenging for you not to want to reach out in between <laughs> and like you say in the end you did sort of drop him that text but at least you hadn't sort of continually bombarded him up until that point <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think it can be hard you know when we're not getting what we think we should or what we expect to not just like completely wall off from from the man either and and just be like oh well I'm just done you know and to yes. actually like be willing to stay open to that connection and and like not needing it to to be any certain way um I think that that's such a huge part literally you know you, you hit the nail on the head though it's, it's letting go and surrendering isn't it and not being attached to the outcome just mm -hmm. letting it be just let it play out you know and even if he hadn't yep. showed up for example that evening even if he hadn't dropped in that text and he hadn't showed up for the date not being attached to that or not making it mean that, you know, you're being rejected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So much of it is, is literally like, how are we just managing all of what's happening in our head? <laughs> like, what are we telling ourselves about it? Exactly. So what, what do you think, um, I suppose was, was one of your biggest learnings during your own journey towards you know getting the result you did get in the end in terms of you know your, your happy relationship now that you're a fiance <laughs> mm. yeah um I think you know with with my fiance I think the biggest thing was you know in the beginning I still had a lot of that abandonment stuff coming up and so I'd like done enough work that I was like open and available for a man who like I wasn't afraid was, was going to leave me and then finding that boring or uninteresting, <laughs> but it's like, he's just this like secure guy. Um, so I think a lot of it was just um, starting to rewrite, you know, they, if you have like a, a more insecure attachment style, which mine tended towards like the fearful avoidant, which is the, that push pull. And this is why I would be falling for the guy who was, not certain because that was creating that kind of push-pull dynamic and um really with him like not pushing him away like if he got too close and then if, if there was like distance suddenly I'm like oh like a little anxious and so it was like really 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 learning how to work with the parts of me that would be having those different reactions to what was going on and not pushing him away and not being like, oh, actually this is, you know, the, I don't know, I want more of this excited feeling and like starting to really rewrite like what was love in my nervous system mm -hmm. and like, what does a relationship with a man feel like in my nervous system? Um, and so he really helped me 
actually, because he, he was so secure and so stable and so in his center helped me start to rewire some of that programming and that, and then the help of the other work that I was doing alongside dating him. Um, because actually I did push him away a couple times. <laughs> I did get really triggered from like past stuff coming up. And um, he, I don't know, he, he was willing to like work through whatever was coming up that was just me. And I had to learn how to be like, that actually wasn't him. <laughs> like I, I wanted to say that that was him and he was the problem. He was the wrong one. And and actually be able to navigate like, oh, wait, this is all my stuff that's coming up right now. <laughs> I think that was really the biggest, biggest thing that I, I learned and, and, you know, be able to move towards that secure attachment. <laughs> yeah. So would you be prepared to share one or two of those experiences of, of what you did that sort of pushed him away in those moments? And then uh, what, what sort of brought him back? Because I think it's important to know as well, if you do yeah. sometimes push your man away it doesn't mean it's the, the the end of the relationship you can you know salvage it <laughs> you know yeah. it always it doesn't always mean oh this is going to end in heartbreak yeah um so and this is so classic what you'll see with fearful avoidance sometimes but um he he went away and he told me he was going away this was maybe like two or three months into dating and and we were like I kept it like pretty casual in the beginning because I was just like this is a new experience like having feeling this way in relationship and I was like I don't know do I like really like him like what is this and I was just kind of experimenting <laughs> like every day to be like oh I like him more I like him more like I really like who he is like oh and so I kept going with it but then um there was a part of me that wanted to push him away like the whole time <laughs> and I had to keep like guiding myself not to do that um and so he he went away on like a work thing for a week and he had told me he was doing that but then this that kind of comes up around the texting out he like didn't call me message me at all during that week and uh he came back and then he was like kind of wanting to be like close to me and like I was upset that I hadn't heard from him for the whole week. And so I was just like, you know what? I know like <laughs> now you want to be near me. And before I didn't hear from you. And, and so I, I basically just pushed him away. I, I, I was like, no, like I'm really mad right now. Like I need to go. And so I, I just left. We were at a dance class because uh, we, we took dance classes together the whole time. That's how we met. And um, so <laughs> I was so upset and, and they were like the two things because it was like, why is he coming toward me? Like, I don't want that. And then also like, why did he text me or call me that whole week? So these like two play things playing out. And I just, I just went away and I needed to like be by myself. And it, it literally, it took me three weeks to just like navigate what I was feeling and what had actually been going on. And um, in the past, I would have, I would have pushed a guy away. And that would have been it. <laughs> there would never have been another door open for him. And so we were still taking a dance class together. <laughs> so I was seeing him like every week anyways, but I like didn't want to talk to him. And um, he just respected that. And uh, I, it was like, I think the third week, you know, I showed up to dance class and like something had shifted internally. And I had just been observing how he was just so respecting the fact that I was like pulled away and wanting my space. Um, and so I was like, you know what, like, I'm going to practice some of this other stuff that I'm learning. And, 
And so I, I went up to him and I was like, Hey, like, can we talk? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, like, I think he'd even tried to talk to me before that. And I had just been like, not available for that. And so we, we went out to my car and I just explained to him like what had been going on internally for me and, and what had been triggered by the two things that he had done. And, um, we just had this like really open, honest conversation where I would probably not have been willing to do that with a guy up until that point, it would, that would have been done, you know? Um, and so we, we were like, okay, like, can we, can we like clear the slate? Let's, let's start over. Um, and we did. And, and that was really the beginning of when I was like, started to get like really serious about him because <laughs> I had opened up that, that had actually been me doing that, that it created the possibility. Oh, so, so thank you for sharing that with us because um, I think a lot of women listening to the podcast are going to relate to that completely and I think it's quite important to realize that you know men's brains are quite compartmentalized and you know relationships is a separate sort of compartment so when they're away from you they aren't necessarily focused on the relationship they're actually you know um usually one thing at a time and we, we say men aren't particularly good at multitasking and that that is the truth you know because even though both genders have got both got masculine and feminine energy you know if a man is very much in his masculine energy space and he's away from you and you know it, it might be through work or, or pleasure or what you know sporting event whatever it doesn't mean that he doesn't respect you or doesn't love you <laughs> he's just focused on that yeah you know, for yeah, that week or for days or whatever it is. And, and that we can get very challenged by that because as women, you know, our brains are more, and I love this analogy, you know, that men's brains are more compartmentalized like a, an apartment block, whereas women's mm-hmm. are more like spaghetti. <laughs> we haven't got separate rooms. Our emotions can be anywhere, anytime, you know, and we yeah. can be sort of thinking and feeling, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, whether it's work, relationships, uh, you know all at the same time uh, yeah and it's yeah. understanding that that that's one of the big differences and not to let it be a trigger mm-hmm. yeah so much I've been when working with clients like a lot of the stuff that comes up is literally it's just he's just a man and and he is not operating the same way that you are you know for him he was like how oh that would that was a big deal but I I was gone like <laughs> like of course I like thought of you but like I was I was there and you were here and and you were doing your thing you know he he's thinking oh she doesn't want me to bother her (laughs) she's busy (laughs) yeah and and that's really what mindset we need to be in when we're not around him is you know to be that busy person so we're not you know having those uh, unrealistic expectations on what we expect him to do to make us feel happy isn't Mm -hmm. it yeah 100% you know, it's creating yeah. our own happiness and knowing that, you know, we can do things to keep ourselves busy. We can socialize with, you know, when, when he's away, we can have our own, go, you know, see it as an opportunity to have our, you know, reconnect with our, our girlfriends or take up a hobby that we might have neglected or do something different that we've always wanted to do that while he's away that we haven't had a chance to explore before and just know that everything is always fine. <laughs> have that mindset around it isn't it yeah it's that mindset and then you know there may be a part that that's like yeah I'm like with my friends and I'm having fun and also I still want to hear from him that would come up for me and a lot of that is just being like 
you can do the self-talk, you can like do the work with that part. Like what part is that that's coming up that's afraid that maybe he is really like distancing from me or like doesn't care about me or isn't thinking about me. And, and like, can you do that work for that part that's coming up and then be like, okay, so like, we're okay, you know? And then I can go back and I can be like, okay, I'm gonna go make my own plans. I'm gonna go fill my own time. And and it's it's all okay. It's gonna be okay. Like <laughs> it's not gonna be this disaster. And it's trusting in that process, isn't it? I mean, how did he mm-hmm. respond? You know, was he quite shocked that you I mean, did he understand at the time why you um, you know, uh, gave him short shift and didn't speak to him or want, you know, weren't available to him for those few weeks where I suppose in a way you were punishing him for not communicating with you while he was away. Um, yeah, I think he was he was willing to be like, yeah, that that I'm so sorry that that's how you experienced it. And here, let me explain to you why that isn't really what it was, which is a total man thing. Like, cause I like, I'm not a bad guy. Let me explain to you. But what he was really good at that made all the difference in that conversation was just reflecting back what he was hearing me say. And so he was really listening and just reflecting back and he didn't get super, you know, we sometimes wouldn't want to label that he's being defensive, but really he's just trying to help you understand. I'm not a bad guy, yes. <laughs> um, but didn't really, he didn't really do that hack what what he understood about what my experience with this had been and I think that was what allowed me to just keep opening and and instead of closing and shutting off um and you know he obviously had no idea that that is how I was going to react (laughs) so I mean men when they have um, time out sorry there was a bit of overlap there um I think men when they have time out um especially probably after there's been a bit of a a misunderstanding shall we say or a breakdown between <laughs> you as a couple um can just more or less pick up where they left off you know they can have some time out and not even think there's an issue or a problem by mm-hmm. and but in the meantime you know um you know because we've witnessed him going to his cave for a few days or go off for a few days and been in communicate non-communicative i should say um we can as women can be threatened the whole time, can't we? And worrying ourselves silly when he's perfectly fine and you know, and he's he's just needs that time out to process and um, uh, re-energize and reground himself. And then he more or less they come back as though, what's the problem? Nothing, nothing <laughs> happened. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> And, and that again is just understanding that, that that's the difference between you know one of them, the many differences as just say between how men behave and how women behave and and how there can be some you know big misunderstandings on on the back of these big differences sometimes. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yep. So would you be prepared to share the other thing that uh, was an issue? Yeah. Um, so that was actually. So we, we met at a dance workshop and he'd asked me to lunch and then he'd asked me to dinner, you know, later that week. And so we, we went on three dates and I had, I had been willing to do three dates just to see, you know, like, okay, like, will there be a connection? Will the chemistry grow? 
And I remember being like, okay, he's like a super nice guy. He's like all the things that I really want, (laughs) except for, I just don't feel like the crazy spark chemistry. And, um, as I had mentioned, like for, for me that, that was, and this is often the case is when we're looking for that, that's, that's some old pattern or, or some old blueprint that comes from, from childhood that's created that this is what love is supposed to feel like this is how I'm supposed to feel and if in the past that has ended you with relationships that were not healthy and not good or not really the right person which was my case I'd been unsuccessful really all up until that point that usually when you're looking for that feeling it's not really the feeling to be looking for because that's just going to end you back up in the same pattern for me that would have been the unavailable guy um And so we went on three dates and I was just like, you know, I'm just like not feeling, I'm just not feeling the thing that I want to feel. And I remember like like the third date we're sitting at the table and I was kind of upset about something and he was listening and just like really caring about how I was feeling. And for some reason that actually triggered me in the wrong direction. (laughs) And I was like, why is he so nice? I don't know. But there was a subconscious stuff going on about like that not being what it should have been or there was a whole subconscious thing going on underneath that, that would then like push away a guy who's actually being super amazing. Um, And so we, yeah, we went on that date and I I went home and I was like, "Mm, no, (laughs) like he's, he's not the one. And um, I remember my roommate who uh, had gotten engaged recently, her fiance was over. And, and when I first started dating Eric, my fiance, um, he had been like, Oh, like, show me his picture. I want to see his picture. So we like found him on Facebook and he looked at him and he was like, Oh, he's a really nice guy. He's going to be the one. <laughs> he told that to me. <laughs> so then I, you know, we go on these three dates and I'm like, no, just stop feeling it. <laughs> so I literally ghosted him. He, he had messaged me like a day or so after that third date. <laughs> and I literally did not respond. Um, and at that point, we weren't taking dance classes together. We had just done the workshop. And so I think it was maybe a month or a month and a half that went by. And I continued to do that, just work on myself. And um, he he actually ended up showing up at the actual dance class that I took every week. <laughs> he showed up in the dance class. Um, and I remember being like, oh, this is so awkward. Like, I can't believe he's here. And um, he says he's, he saw me and sort of felt the same way. Like, oh my God, she's here. <laughs> so we, I, I was attracted to him. I did think he was like super handsome and cute. And I did like, like who he was, but this part of me was like pushing him away. Um, and so we just started getting to know each other, like in a more relaxed way through just the dance class. And I think he asked me out at least three times. Um, before I finally agreed to go out with him again. But the whole time we'd been building this rapport and like flirting and I I had just had to like dip my toe in little bit by little bit before I was comfortable to like go on another date. <laughs> um, and it was like that, it was like kind of stop, go like that until that moment in the car. Um, and that was months later. So he, he just, he really liked me. I guess <laughs> he saw something in me that he just wasn't going to give up, which is what I will tell my clients is that um, when a man sees the woman that he really wants, he's not, he's not just going to give up so easily. You can push him away. <laughs> you can, you can be not interested and he's not just going to give up. <laughs> That's true. And I think sometimes as women, we can automatically think that um, if we rock the boat a little bit, then, you know, we're going to, 
sabotage that relationship forever. But actually, you know, men enjoy a little bit of a challenge, you know, yeah. so don't be afraid to rock the boat. Don't be afraid to, um, you know, not be a, available or, you know, need some time out because like you say, what's meant for you will, will come for you. <laughs> yeah, 100%. We even ran in, into each other before that dance class on on a train late one night going home. And I had never run into another guy that I dated. And I dated a lot of guys in the city um, ever after the date, <laughs> you know, after we stopped dating. So I was like, oh, these are like signs from the universe here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, and, yeah. And, you know, certainly as women, I, I think we tend to think, oh, well we'll, well, we'll sometimes tolerate unacceptable behavior from men from from a point of view of thinking we don't want to rock the boat when actually men like you to challenge them a little bit you know you they, they, they like you to show up as a high value woman and if something isn't acceptable about them you know don't be afraid to sort of nip things in the bud and they'll they'll respect that they might not like it at the time but they'll certainly respect it and think wow my god yeah you know she's different to other women i've met and, it's, and actually you know they want to show up even better for you next time in fact on the back of that won't they yeah, hundred um, percent. If you're not saying something, that uh, that's coming through. <laughs> Definitely. If if there's something that you need, and you also want to find out, can he change? Is he willing to hear me? How does he respond when I tell him these things? And so I was, you know, I was looking for that too. <laughs> what <laughs> happens if I if I say this or do this? You know, is he able to handle that? And how does he respond to it? Absolutely. I think as long as you don't make it about him, but around what you want. I've said this before, you know, um, you know, if, for example, if you want somebody that's a non-smoker and he's a smoker, you don't say, I want you to quit smoking. What you say is, I, I, I really want to be with a man who doesn't smoke because I'm really into my health. And then it's mm -hmm. up to him to decide whether he wants to, you know, meet that need and that yeah. want for you. And then, then it's up to you as well to decide, you know, if he doesn't quit, whether you're going to accept that or not, as the case may be. Yeah. Yeah, we, we don't, we can't change anyone. And, and that's, that's not the, the way we want to go into it either. So you would just, you would just want to know, this is what I want, you know, and we'll see. Exactly. But <laughs> what, you're usually find, what you usually find <laughs> is a man will, you know, if he really into you, he'll, he'll want to quit. You know, he definitely will. Yeah. You know, if he has a habit yeah. that you don't like, he'll quit for you. But it's not, it's making it about what you want, not about him, is mm -hmm. the way to express that. that yeah. word. So, um, Elizabeth, for the benefit of the audience, what would be your best contact information that you could share with them for, for today? Yeah, um, I think the best place to find me is on Facebook. So you can find me at Elizabeth Karina. Um, that's probably the best place to connect with me. I have a Facebook group where I do a lot of trainings and just share a lot of things in that group. Um, so if you find me through Facebook, you can find me at Elizabeth Karina Coaching. Um, and th that group is attached to that page as well. Um, so that that's where I would recommend you go. Excellent. So thank you so much for being so open to sharing your personal experiences around your dating and your challenges with dating on this particular episode. I really appreciate that, Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah, happy to. So it just leaves for me to say then listeners, it, in regards to your heart, 
We need to open our hearts to find true love because that's where true love starts. Mm, so until next time, <laughs> goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.